Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. Synonyms of the word change. Alter. Make different. Become different. Adjust. And every day, we evolve. We adapt. We change. And this is where we talk about it. This is The Clay Young Show. Thank you, Neil. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com, on iTunes, the iHeartMedia app, and airing weekends, and Baton Rouge on Talk 107.3. Hopefully you guys are doing well. We're rounding the corner in this year. Thanksgiving is just on the horizon, and I love it. It is my favorite holiday of the year. Thanksgiving. All you do is sit, you get together with family and friends and you eat. <laughs> and that is amazing. No pressure, no gifts, the whole thing. You just, you just eat, right? It is the day that every physical trainer loves and hates at the same time. They hate it because they know you're going to eat a bunch of things you probably shouldn't be eating. They love it because they know you're going to have to come see them after Thanksgiving is over with. All true. I don't look. I think Red Fox said it one time in an episode of Sanford and Son. I don't turn down anything but my collar on Thanksgiving. That's it. And I'm looking forward to it. Fired up about it. I am also fired up about our conversation today. We're going to talk with the founders or a couple of the founders of the Elvin Howard Senior Pancreatic Cancer Advocacy Fund or Foundation. And this is really a it's really a big story and it's come back to the attention of the public because of the recent passing of game show host Alex Trebek but this foundation has been in existence for some time and you'll get to hear that they were on the show a couple of years ago talking about the foundation and the formation of the foundation and what it was going to do do you realize and according to the American Cancer Society, in this year, an estimated 57,600 Americans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And more than 47,000 of them will die from the disease. I don't know if you know this or not, but it is the third leading cause of cancer-related death in the U.S. It has even surpassed breast cancer. So we'll talk about why they started this. It is a compelling story as to why they started the foundation. And this is something that has touched so many people. Either you are related to someone who has succumbed to this, or you know someone who's lost someone they care about to this awful disease. Think about it. 47,000 Americans will die from this. Nearly 60,000 of them will be diagnosed with it. So we'll talk to them about how you can get involved and give you some information on this. It's a worthwhile cause, and we will tell you specifically why we are doing it this month. Before we go on to that, I got a chance yesterday to speak to a group at a restaurant here in Baton Rouge. My buddy Gordy Rush set this up. We talked about politics and the future and everything going on, and it is amazing to see in people's faces how ready they are for this crap to just go away. 
They just wanted to be done. Move on, get the process going, let's get into 2021. And I believe that's the case for many, many people. You just want it to be over. And so there's something about that that we'll talk about on another show. We'll see how all this stuff plays out. I believe the way it's going to play out is Joe Biden will be inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States. I've not heard anything yet in the way of proof that shows that there is a substantive reason to believe that he won't be. And I know that a lot of people are hoping that isn't the case. And look, I'm not here to tell you what you believe, what to believe on the right or on the left. And I legitimately have been waiting to see, okay, what's the proof or at least what's the narrative of evidence that shows this. And it, I haven't seen it. And without anything that says, ha, there it is. I don't see it. Just telling you the truth. Also on the front of what's happening right now in people's mind is sports and what's happening with the NFL. And here's a question for you. What will the Super Bowl look like this year? Imagine if the game is had, and I do believe they're going to play it in Tampa. Imagine the Super Bowl with like 20,000 people in the building. It's basically a TV event anyway, but That's going to look so weird. Now, I'm sure Saints fans are thinking, hey, it doesn't matter. We're going to be in that building playing for that championship. Got a better shot than my 49ers, but I don't want to talk about that because it depresses me this year. It's not going very, very well. But let's talk about something that is enlightening, not just to me, but I think will be to many of you. And that is the fight against pancreatic cancer. And the phenomenal organization that is attempting to lead the way. Podcast225.com. Expecting mothers and fathers? Family Rose Healthy Start Community Action Network wants you to stay healthy as we deal with the reality of COVID 19. Here are five tips to help you and your unborn baby. Keep prenatal visits to ensure good health of you and your baby. If you need help, Family Road Healthy Start has case managers who provide one on one support and is enrolling expecting mothers and fathers now. Stay safe by washing your hands before or after any encounter. You, your family, Family and children should wear masks in public. Pregnant moms, stay home if possible. If not, limit all outings and keep any additional family members, such as your children, home. Stay informed by getting all current information on COVID-19 from trusted resources. And finally, stay prepared in the event you may develop symptoms or test positive for the coronavirus. For additional information, visit womans.org. To enroll in Family Road Healthy Start, call 201-8888 and give your baby and family a healthy start. We'll get through this together. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. The most important issues facing our state and our region. 
The Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Back with two of the founders of the Elvin Howard Senior Pancreatic Cancer Advocacy Foundation. It is a 501c3 based here in Baton Rouge that's focused on bringing awareness to and discussing the impact of pancreatic cancer. Joining us by way of phone, on the phone, is the treasurer of the foundation, Bertha Howard, who is the widow, the wife of Elvin Howard Sr. and his daughter. I call her V, Veronica Howard Sizer, and uh, they're with us now. Ladies, how are y'all? We're great. Good morning. So let's thank you for having having us. Listen, it's my great pleasure. It's it's a great foundation. I want to jump right in at the beginning and talk about why the foundation was created. Well, we decided to create this foundation because my husband um, Elvin developed pancreatic cancer, and it was quite a shock to my family and to me. Um, I, being a registered nurse had seen pancreatic cancer and how horrific it is and what um, it did to family, the impact it did to the family. Um, When he was diagnosed, my children, as well as my husband, were uh, shocked. They had no idea what pancreatic cancer was. Um, they had no idea what pancreatic could do to the family. I, on the other hand, uh, was shocked as well um, that I had some idea what we were in for. Uh, when they said pancreatic cancer, they looked around and said, what, what, what are we talking about? You know, they had some idea what cancer was, but pancreatic cancer? No, they had no idea. So... Um, it was uh, 17 months. We had uh, he was he lived after he was diagnosed, um, but in the beginning, prior to that, he had these symptoms that um, kind of you know was vague. He had the the back pain. He had the weight loss, and it, um, he just kind of we kind of went along with it. He was misdiagnosed um, because of these things that was vague. Um, he was um, diagnosed with uh, diabetes. Hmm. Uh, his sugar was up to 600. And so we went through like eight months of uh, di- diabetic training. And so we kind of went along with that. It was like, hey, this is fine. We can handle that because diabetes ran in his family. And it wasn't until we saw that telltale sign of jaundice. And then um, we got him to the hospital, and that's when, you know, we said, uh, the doctor said, uh, pancreatic cancer. And uh, it it was traumatic. It was traumatic for my family. And so my husband lived not... Uh, the six months that the doctor said, but he actually lived around uh, 17 months after wow. that diagnosis. So <clears throat> after that, talking to families and family members and the, and the community members, I found out that people just did not have an idea, did not have a clue what pancreatic cancer was. Um, 
they had heard it, they hid it. Uh, many people thought it was stomach cancer. They, you know, just did not have a clue. And so in the back of my mind over the years, I kept thinking, we need to educate our people about pancreatic cancer. And so down the line, I kept talking to my family. I kept talking to my son-in-law about it. And down the line, he kept uh, saying to me, um, mother-in-law, you need to go on and do it. That's, that's what you want to do. You need to go on and set that foundation up. And so eventually we decided to go on and put it out there to make our community and our family be aware of pancreatic cancer. So that's how it all started. So when you talk, when you said earlier that it was a missed, a misdiagnosis, um, kind of talk about what your feelings were about that. Do you believe, had you been able to find out earlier, the outcome could have been different? Or how do you, how do you think this would have gone had he been diagnosed correctly earlier? I believe that had he been diagnosed earlier, we would have been talking a different song right now. I think that had he been diagnosed earlier, he could have, the treatment options would have been different. Maybe he could have had surgery. Um, you know, there's a procedure called a hip surgery um, that he may have had. Had his doctors paid attention to his uh, signs and symptoms earlier, uh, we would have been on top of it earlier. Rather than saying, oh, Mr. Howard, um, your weight loss, that's good. That's good, man. Keep it up. Uh, oh, Mr. Howard, your pain that you're having, well, you know, go home and take a, you know, Tom. It, it could be acid indigestion. You know, look into it. Be aware, um, even on his part, if he had not just overlooked it and pushed even further. You know, it's not just the physician, but we want to teach the, the uh, public, the people, to be more proactive when you have these signs and symptoms. Don't let the doctors and your, your health care providers just push you aside and just say, oh, go home. No, no, don't just push me aside. Something is going wrong with my body. Something has gone wrong. I'm having these pains. These are sharp pains. It's not, it's not just my uh, abdomen. It could be back pain. It could be upper back pain. No, it's not that I'm working too hard. I need some help. I need you to look at these things. But oftentimes, the healthcare providers don't pay attention to what your what the patient is saying. It's about price. They don't want to take time. They don't want to do the X-rays. Um, they just overlook the um, rapid uh, weight loss, uh, your loss of appetite. They don't want to look at all of those things. Because they don't want to take time. But but the patient, we want to teach the patient to be aware of your body. Yeah. We want to teach the uh, community out there to be aware and to be proactive and not allow your health care provider to push you aside. But I know it's expensive because your insurance don't want to pay for it. Your right. physician don't want to order it. But you have to be proactive. 
You know, Veronica, this is the the mortality rate of pancreatic cancer has surpassed all other kinds of cancer. Correct? Yes, it's it's um it's up there in the top three <laughs> for sure. Um, pancreatic cancer right now, there's a five year survival rate of only nine percent. Wow. Uh, that means that of of the people that are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, only 9% of those people will be still alive in five years. So it's, it's, um, it's in the top three of those cancers that are deadly, and it's, uh, it's once diagnosed, uh, the survival rate plummets. Wait. But the thing is also that the survival rate uh, tremendously increase if you're able to get diagnosed early. The problem, one of the problems of why this survival rate is so low is because once you're diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, it's already at stage four, it's already moved to other organs. Uh, if you get an early diagnosis, when the, when the cancer is still located in the pancreas, the whipple surgery being that option to remove that, uh, that, that cancer and have a better prognosis and a better survival rate. When your mother was talking a second ago about the missed the misdiagnosis and the the lack of an aggressive approach by medical people, that was in 2007 when the diagnosis was given. And, you know, here we are 13 years later. Is it the same? Is it better or is it worse than it was then? Well, you know, that is a very good question. I think that in some respects with the um, high-profile death of people who, who are, have pancreatic cancer, that the medical profession may be paying more attention to it. But that's part of our work. That's part of our work um, and part of the things that we've been talking about as an organization, uh, and that is uh, reaching the, the medical practitioners where they are. Uh, whether that's in their yearly uh, in-services that, uh, that they get with their continuing education or even in the medical school itself to begin to look at the whole person in a different way. And when you see this combination of, uh, the combination of issues that you can begin to think about uh, pancreatic cancer earlier, uh, one of the, one of our board members, one of our advisory board members, always talk about the fact that with uh, breast cancer, it also had a low survival rate, you know, 30 years ago. But it was because of organizations like the Elvin Howard Senior PCAF that uh, that pancre I mean, that breast cancer is now something that everyone uh, celebrates. They have. You know, last month was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you saw pink everywhere. And that is because of awareness, and that is because of groups like uh, Mary. Bur I'm sorry, uh, groups like uh, Su Susan B. Coleman that brought um, breast cancer to the forefront. And now the survival rate of breast cancer is what somewhere in the 60s or 70 percent because of all of the early awareness, the detection, all of the research that went behind what we can do in order to detect breast cancer earlier. We're hoping for the same type of effect for pancreatic cancer, where uh, there will be early detection protocol uh, that is taught in the schools, taught in the medical schools that are regular, that's regularly practiced, 
and um, we can get to um, these the people earlier. Uh, you know, we just lost Alice Trebek, uh, and I, I think about that a lot because we we lost this just this year. We lost John Lewis, Alice Trebek, and Justice Ginsburg. All three of them probably had the best of health care, but yet that five-year survival rate was looming for all three of them. It's interesting with what you say in terms of awareness and celebrity celebrities getting this disease and the way that the public views it because of Alex Trebek and the the tributes paid to him across all genres of media from entertainment to sports to music and everything. Why do you think, though, it takes the deaths of high profile people like that to bring awareness, especially when, you know, looking at information I said in the open from the American Cancer Society that they're estimating nearly 60,000 Americans this year will be diagnosed with it. Why isn't it a more aware issue for society that isn't just spiked when celebrities get it? Uh, that's a very good question. And I think that one of the reasons might be, um, even though uh, the prognosis and the survival rate uh, for pancreatic cancer is um, very low, the actual incident of pancreatic cancer is not as prevalent in society as other cancers. Uh, in other words, uh, pancreatic cancer is not that type of cancer that you hear about that people get very often. You hear very often about ovarian cancer or some of our breast cancer or some of the other cancers that occur more frequently in our society. Uh, pancreatic cancer does not occur as often, uh, but when it does occur, it's devastating. So let's talk about and that. That may be a reason why. <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the about the and, the foundation. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. And and then I think a lot of times in our culture. When pancreatic cancer occurs, they don't talk about it too often. Uh, I find that as I talk to people in our community, it's like an afterthought. Oftentimes they confuse it or they say it was stomach cancer. And then um, later on, as they're thinking about it, and and I've talked to a few people, they don't, you know, it's kind of like a stigma or something. When they talk about cancer, I've talked to several people, or, or many people as we were talking, they were, it's kind of like an afterthought. They go, oh, um, my mother had pancreatic cancer, or my father had cancer, or pancreatic cancer. It's kind of like an afterthought. They don't really, during the time that it's going on, they really won't come out and say, my, my parent has pancreatic cancer, or, or so forth. So it's kind of like an afterthought. They don't know much about pancreatic cancer, so they don't talk about pancreatic cancer. They just say um, they had cancer. Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the foundation and the work that is being done now. Tell everyone what the foundation is doing on a month-to-month, year-to-year basis in terms of research and, and awareness and, and what's going on? Okay, so I think I'll start a little bit about talking about our vision and our mission. And uh, the vision of uh, Elvin Howard Senior Pancreatic Cancer Advocacy Foundation is that negative social determinants of health will never be an obstacle to early detect, uh, diagnosis. 
what we found in um, in, deal- in in talking to those that do this on a daily basis, whether that's in medicine and research, or uh, who are who have um, national or international pancreatic cancer associations or groups, is that uh, African Americans have a higher rate uh, of being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and uh, also a higher rate of, di- of eventually dying of pancreatic cancer. And um, much of that, we feel, is uh, because of neg- negative social determinants of health uh, for any number of reasons. And that kind of goes back even to what my mother just said about people just not wanting to talk about it. Uh, there are things that are going on in certain communities uh, whether that's the African-American community or, or other low-income community, where they are dealing with, uh, uh, you know, how they're going to get their next meal or how they're going to deal with um, child care or, or any number of things. And so a stomach ache and a back ache is a stomach ache and a back ache. You take Tums, you take an Advil, and you go to sleep. Uh, so these are the types of things that we are dealing with uh, when we are talking about uh, the importance of early diagnosis in pancreatic cancer. So early diagnosis is essential. It's really essential for successful treatment. It's essential for eventual remission. And so through our foundation's work, such as uh, we do symposiums, we try and do symposiums. We do symposiums twice a year. I said try because of COVID, but we plan to continue to try and do those symposiums twice a year public service announcements, different community activities, going out and, and being a part of and, and, and showing people uh, what these early signs are, uh, this late onset uh, diagnosis of diabetes, uh, the weight loss, the back pain, the stomach pain, the itchy rash, um, depression, um, jaundice, all, any combination of these should, should send off alarm bells. And so we're teaching um, the general public, we're teaching those out there that um, pay attention to your health, be proactive, make sure you go to the doctor, make sure that you, when you go to the doctor, make sure you're, you're up front. And if they tell you to go home and take a Tom's, you say, well, no, doctor, this is something different. It just feels different than just regular gas. And so uh, we, 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 uh, early detection, uh, early diagnosis, awareness is key. It's so fascinating to think about how much we can accomplish if we communicate effectively to the public what they should be looking for and what they should do about what they see when they're told about it. Do you find that the, the, the proliferation of information about pancreatic cancer will, and it's kind of an obvious question, but I still want to hear you talk through it, will, will lessen the amount of people who die from this disease and talk us through why that is the case? Well, I, I think so. I think uh, awareness is key. Um, one of the people, and we haven't gotten to our event tomorrow night yet, but uh, we know of a, a, a man uh, who is currently fighting pancreatic cancer, and he had a pan- history of pancreatic cancer in his family. So when he got a chance to go to, when he started feeling these symptoms, he went to his doctor and he demanded, you know, no, this is not, and this is before he actually told the doctor that he had a history of pancreatic cancer in his family. He just told the doctor, I don't know, something's going wrong. You need to, you need to, uh, 
to keep continue to check and find out what's going on with me. So, yeah, I think that those people who are motivated and who are um, who who hear this information and 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 really understand that this could this could also happen to them. Um, that that yes, it could make a profound difference. And you know, there there are a couple other things that we're involved in, and I think that will also make a difference, uh, Clay. And those things are um, medical education. You know where the doctors and those people who are taking their continuum medical education as well as in the schools themselves begin to look at pancreatic cancer in a different way and in a different light, where they uh, can look at a combination of symptoms and begin to say, well, maybe it is pancreatic cancer as opposed to just dismissing it. Uh, so uh, we, we are working, we're having national conversations, uh, with the World Pancreatic Cancer Coalition as well as Miss Wynn and Stand for Cancer and others about um, how we can change um, policies as it relates to medical education, how we can uh, change medical, uh, medical uh, curriculum to include uh, things that will be favorable to, for early detection of, of pancreatic cancer, um, and that's on a state and national level that we are, we're working towards that. So. Um, improving trials, advancing trials to include uh, black and brown people so that they, again, can get the benefit of, so we can get the research off of those clinical trials and be able to see how we might be able to address uh, how people of color would, uh, would, would approach pancreatic cancer. And, you know, this, we're, not just, uh, we're not just about black and brown people. But we, we know that because of the uh, higher incident of it, that it's important to not leave um, people of color out of the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the event that's going to take, as we record this, that's going to take place tomorrow. Let's talk about it. Okay, yes. Uh, on tomorrow, we will be having our fourth annual virtual fundraiser. We, didn't, we did not want to let COVID uh, prevent us from... Um, having our annual fundraiser we've had them for three years each year uh more successful than the last and so every second friday in november uh you can look for the elvin howard senior pancreatic cancer foundation having an event to raise awareness and funds for our organization so our organ so our plans are to present our virtual fundraiser on tomorrow evening from seven to eight you can find it on our website, which is at Elvin Howard Senior PCAF dot org. That's at Elvin Howard Senior PCAF dot org. Um, at from at seven o'clock, it will also be simulcast on our YouTube channel as well as Facebook Live. And um, Kathy Ann Victorian will be our facilitator for the evening, and she will guide us through. Uh, some special messages from our mayor president, Sharon Weston Broom, as well as uh, the president, the mayor of uh, Baker, uh, Darnell Waite. We'll, make a we'll both make presentations. We will have a presentation by uh, Cindy Gavin, who is the uh, founding uh, executive director of Let's Win Pancreatic Cancer, a national group that provides uh, uh, provides innovative uh, 
protocol, innovative medical procedures and the like uh, on an online platform for those people who have pancreatic cancer. Uh, also, John Davies, who is the president and CEO of Baton Rouge Area Foundation, will also appear on our program. Uh, Mr. Davies uh, with BRAF has uh, partnered with us. Uh, we're very excited about that partnership as well and what we can do in the greater Baton Rouge in Louisiana as well as the world. Uh, we also will be featuring two um, uh, pancreatic cancer um two people who have had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, one who is continuing his fight even now, and the other one who is a nine-year survivor of pancreatic cancer. So both of their stories are very inspirational. Uh, both of their stories will give you hope. And so we hope that you will join us on tomorrow evening, again, on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on our website uh, to see our very our short seven to eight uh, hour-long presentation um, encouraging us to fight, to live, and to win. And for those listening, this this date is Friday, November 13th. And so if you're listening after that date, you'll be able to go on social media and watch the entire gala and still get involved. Is that correct, V? Absolutely, absolutely. This is a fundraiser, so there will be plenty of opportunities. You'll see donate buttons all over the place. <laughs> Hit one of those buttons. <laughs> Hit one of those buttons and donate. Um, and then if you, if you are one of those people who uh, don't like to uh, use the electronic version of donating, you can also uh, mail your donation into us. And I have a mailing address if, if, those, if you want to grab a pencil. That's P.O. Box 991, Baker, Louisiana, 70704. Again, P.O. Box 991, Baker, Louisiana, 70704. And and the address is also available on the website. That's uh, Elvin Howard Senior PCAF.org. You can learn about the foundation there. You can also click the donate button on the website and make a donation. And to be very clear about this, uh, I sit on the advisory board. I also support it, um, you know, make donations to the cause. It's, it's a fantastic group of people. I mean, a cadre of all kinds of professionals from medicine and law and education and all about the same cause, and that is trying to eradicate this very horrible disease that has taken so many Americans from us and, and, and continues to do so. Ladies, final thoughts on this and anything you want to leave everybody with? I'll let my mom go first. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Um, really, I was. I just want to... I was talking to a physician yesterday, and it's amazing to me. I said that, do you know that this is pancreatic cancer month? And she said, no, I didn't know that. And I said, you didn't know that this is pancreatic cancer month? And she said, no. So I had to give a physician information that this is pancreatic cancer month. Wow. So our work is not done. We are just beginning. So we have a lot of work to do. So we have to educate not only lay people, but we have to educate our physicians, our health care providers. So we want to become like breast cancer people. Everybody knows, and just like Veronica said earlier, you don't have to tell people to wear pink uh, in October. 
we want everybody to wear purple in November in honor of Pancreatic Cancer Month. So that's that's our work. I agree. To make everybody aware that November is what Pancreatic Cancer Month. All right, V. Absolutely. And so she did such a great job. I don't know if I would want to say much more other than uh, please tune in to our event on tomorrow evening. If if you get this, uh, if you are able to uh, see this or hear this uh, podcast prior to the 13th, and if it's after, go back into our social media, onto our uh, YouTube page, or it will be playing in continuous loop on our Facebook, on our um on our website and um, look for us on our Facebook page uh, for our event tomorrow night. Please tune in. Uh, we want you guys to get the information that you need in order to be safe and well. We want to want you to um, be able to say, I fight, I can fight, I can live, I can win. You know, we want to win this battle against pancreatic cancer. You ladies are really, really amazing. And see, we didn't even miss Sonny on this one. See, y'all did such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Elvin Jr. didn't even have to be in here. And I know he's listening. I know he's going to be. And, look, and I said that just for you, too. <laughs> That's right, Sonny. Uh-huh. I'll put that in there for you, Sonny. I know he's going to be listening in. So, yes. I'll get a text message about it. It's all good. So, uh, mm-hmm. but listen, but but thanks again and again for, for those listening. You can, you can follow the foundation on social media. It is on Facebook. Uh, are you on? Are we on Instagram and Twitter too? I know I'm. I'm yes, we are. Okay. Yes, we are. We on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, <clears throat> or our social media platforms that we are a part of, and you can always find us on YouTube and on our website. Well, it's fantastic. Again, it is Friday, November 13th. If you're listening to the show after then, you can still go back and watch and you can still donate. Every bit helps. And I encourage you, if you're looking for places to make donations before this year is over, let this be the one. Go on site and you can check us out and see what the foundation does and make a donation. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for having us. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting. Okay, is someone shot? Yes, someone is shot. The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young. Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before. Real stories. It was my first love. Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young, exclusively at podcast225.com. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors, offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. This is Podcast225.com and The Clay Young Show.
Yes, indeed. Oh, man, what a great conversation with two great ladies, right? So you got the website. You know about them on social media. And you heard about the foundation and what it does. And I do indeed sit on the advisory board for the foundation. I traveled with Elvin Jr. in 2017. We were together at a, for a thing in Dallas. And we got a chance to talk a little bit about it while we were in Dallas. And when I got back, he told me some about what this foundation was and, and what they were hoping to do. And, and I got a chance as I got closer to it to learn even more about the compelling story of their father's life and why they started this. And man, when you're, when you're around this family and the friends close to this family, the close knit relationship and the focus on honoring Elvin senior is, I mean, it's, it's, it's magnetic. It pulls you in. It makes you want to help. And so I hope that you will, that you will consider this foundation as a worthy cause to make a donation because I shared with you in the open some of the numbers about pancreatic cancer and it is in the top three. It's the third leading cause of cancer-related death in this country. And as I said to you in the open as well, it has, it has already surpassed breast cancer. And so that's a serious, serious thing to think about. And when Ms. Bertha's talking about the misdiagnosis and maybe if there was information the right information earlier that they could have could have done something differently and god knows you just don't want any family to have to go through that so look up the foundation and if you can make a donation and even if you can't spread the word let other people know about what it is as we always say on this show like and share tell people about the podcast you can follow me on twitter at clay young br on Facebook, just under my name, Clay Young, look for the dashing fellow and the pose that I've come to loathe, but I, got, I just haven't taken the time to do another headshot. And on Instagram, Clay underscore Young BR. With that, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day, morning, evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. And I appreciate you listening to the Clay Young Show here at podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.